Hi, welcome to the 81st episode of In The Vitrine. This is Danny. And this is Nadia. And we haven't been around for a while. <laughs> yes, we've been acclimatizing because the new academic year began in La Salle. And I think we just didn't want to like disturb the other person to be like, hey, do you want to record? Because it always takes a while to get back, especially after the summer, which is a longer kind of like break from day-to-day classes. Um, although we were also busy with like SG Fashion Now and things like that. Yes. So yes. So um, well, I, I'm going to start by talking about what I've been thinking of. So school has started, but I also had the chance to travel over two weekends um, for art fairs. I went to Art Jakarta. And then the following weekend, I went to Free Seoul um, oh and Seoul, Korea. <laughs> it sounded like I was going to say like freeze your soul kind of thing. So I was like, clarify. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I was just really taken by the change in fashion in Jakarta because the last time I went was in 2019 before the pandemic. I think the last time I went was actually also for Art Jakarta. So it was really interesting for me to go back, to see the art, to reconnect with people um, I knew there, but also to observe that like, it, it seems as if at the art fair anyway, Ibu Ibu fashion is like evolving <laughs> or out the door. Um, Ibu Ibu fashion meaning to me, um, it used to mean like, you know, the big, beautifully coiffed hair, like really kind of classic, beautiful textiles for their clothing, pretty conservative and like covering the skin, um, like that nice Hermes bag, you know, on the arm. Um, and I think also like a general way of walking, of standing. Mm-hmm. Um, this time when we went, it just felt that, you know, it was more casual um, the fashion was, to me, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like less kind of specific to Indonesia, more like, you know, what perhaps I could see in Singapore even. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm generalizing here, of course, right? But that was like the general vibe. And I wasn't alone in thinking this. I was talking to like a couple of other people mm-hmm. at the fair and like wondering about like yeah. oral history interviews. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, and you know, it just is contextualized with like what we've been talking about, right? Um, at in the between, we've been talking about how the pandemic has changed our dressing habits. Um, you know, it's become definitely more confused. I think I don't know about you, Danny. I feel very confused about my dressing these days. Um, like what to wear, what kind of like identity am I at this point in time, or like uh what ideas am I projecting? Again, probably thinking too much, you know, because we are like fashion historians after all. Um, but yeah, that there was that vibe, you know, that was really palpable. Um, something else that was interesting was just seeing more young people at the fair, which was really fun, you know, and yeah. it was, yeah, it was so interesting to see um, what they brought with them, you know, that energy that were also like younger kind of, um, I think booth, kind of owners who were coming in from fashion as well. So it was fun to see like what was also being offered. That's um, so interesting. Yeah, it, it was. So it was nice to just observe, you know, everyone in this microcosm, in, in this wow. like bed, this artificial kind of setting. So that was really nice. Um, I must say also like on a personal note, I thought it was very fun to dress up <laughs> and go for something because... What? 
what were some of the like tr- fashion trends I guess that you mm-hmm. would have you would like generalize yeah I think just like an ease like a cool you know like just a bit um yeah a bit off tangent I would say a bit riskier uh, more experimental maybe that's the best way to put it like a bit more experimental um yeah not so safe and it was fun to observe yeah and then I mean the week later I went to Seoul um and this was interesting for me because the previous time I went to Seoul I I got stuck because I had COVID (laughs) and I was quarantined for a long time so I had some fear going but it was still good to go and gosh like I was definitely looking at the fashion more than the art you know it was just fun to see how well-dressed people were. I felt like I wanted to ask everyone like where they got their clothes from. I tried to take like um, sneaky photos and then like search them on Google Images. <laughs> um, Google Image search is like one of my favorite things ever. Did it work? Does it work like when you do that? Kind of works, except that they give me like renditions that are not exactly what I want. You know, I think it's in the details, right? I think in both fairs, what I liked was like how people were very concerned about the details of what they're wearing. You know, it's like an unexpected kind of element on a bag or like a really well-placed theme on a dress or an unexpected color, like a lime green dress. I was so enamored by at a booth. Um, And I think at some point it also felt a little bit um, aggressive because you know we've been looking at people from behind the screen uh, yeah. most of the time and so like to see someone in like kind of like a full get up felt almost a little bit shocking at times that's um, true yeah I didn't think about yeah. that like sometimes it's the the smaller details that are out of frame right like the socks or maybe like a toe ring or you know, adjacent things that are not like in the main focus of the outfit. Yeah, exactly. So I probably stared very rudely at people um, <laughs> just to be like, oh, you know, wow, they juxtaposed this with that. It was it was just nice to kind of like collect all this visual vocabulary. Um, it felt really like a feast for the eyes. I mean, not just on the wall, but just looking at people and how creative they are. It, it really fed my soul. Um, <laughs> haha, it fed my soul and soul. Yay, guys. <laughs> and I, yeah. And, you know, it was funny to go to Seoul after, in Singapore, we don't have to wear masks anymore, right? So it was also interesting to go um, from here to that quite quickly. Um, and I really like coming back and not wearing it. I feel sometimes I still reach for it out of like habit or um, after I get off the train or the bus, we still have to wear it on public transport. Yeah. I forget to take it off, which is ridiculous. Like, how could I forget to take it off? I so want to take it off. So I think there's the idea there of also like how it feels, right? Like what we wear feels on our skin. And I know you've been exploring that in your class with the students. So yeah, I uh, so this year I'm in the fashion design and textiles uh, BA team in level one. And it's been really interesting because um, I'm going back to to making, to, to the idea of like fashion design, whereas, um, you know, in the past few semesters, I've been concentrating quite a lot on like, um, fashion theory and uh, just research skills that can help in the image making uh, part of fashion. So now I'm thinking again about the garment itself as an object. And I've also been trying to include um, ideas that I've gotten over the summer or, you know, with the work I've been doing with Susan Sandler, uh, with uh, including som- somatic practices or movement into the design process 
So I've been really inspired by that. And I brought in um, practitioners like Femke, who I saw over in Amsterdam uh, to the students. And we really like dedicated, I think, almost two sessions to, I brought in clothes and I got them to wear them. And then I had different prompts for them, like, um, yeah, to wear them in different ways and to think about the weight. And we even did this like some small somatic exercise of like, thinking about just closing our eyes and thinking about, you know, where the garments uh, are in contact with the body or where the the weight is. I think um, what I'm thinking a lot about is like just how clothes feel uh, and really going back to a very tactile and how does this, um, you know, maybe the pressure of an elastic band or this kind of things that are put into clothes um, create certain um, feelings in the wearer and how we can use that as designers to develop collections that um, intentionally make the wearer feel cocooned or maybe like they have to sit up straighter or you know whatever is that feeling that they are trying to translate um, and it's interesting hearing you speak about you know observing how people are moving with an ease and I think um, there were a lot of like uh, forecast right about what post-pandemic dressing would look like one of the forecasts was that we're going to be like very spectacular and go back to I an idea of like celebratory dressing but how celebratory dressing can also just be being you know comfortable in your skin and what does that look like and feel like as well yeah that's so cool you said that because I feel like I've been oscillating between the two mm. like some days I just want to wear my shiny pleated skirt and then some days like today I'm wearing a cocoon dress because I just want to be comfortable. Um, so yeah, there's a kind of interesting, um, I don't know, exploration going on there as well. So that's us um, today talking about, I guess, the visual and the haptic qualities of clothing, um, how they can not only make us look a certain way, but also feel a certain way. Yes. So yeah, it was really nice to catch up today. And till next time, bye. Bye.